0: Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I'm Jordan Jones. The Boilermakers hit the road on Saturday with a chance to get back to 500 as they head to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. Here today on the podcast we will preview Purdue's trip to Kinnick Stadium where the Boilermakers have won two of the last three tries. We'll take a look at the Hawkeyes and we'll see how Purdue sacks up before looking at Some key questions ahead of this game and offering a prediction. Plus, a good question from one of our listeners is Purdue more likely than not to make a bowl at this point in the schedule? We'll break that all down here today. And of course, it's not a Purdue discussion here in October of 2023 if we don't talk about Peacock, everyone's favorite streaming service. So, momentarily, we will talk about that. But, real quick, If you don't already, please follow the show on Twitter, at BoilersBeyond. Lots of stuff coming your way there. We'll be tweeting throughout the game on Saturday with plenty of thoughts about all of the happenings from Kinnick Stadium. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We're coming at you twice a week all throughout football season. We are less than a month away from Purdue's exhibition games. Uh, in basketball against Arkansas and against Grace College. Um, The Lancers coming out of my hometown back up in Kosciuszko County. So uh, basketball's coming soon. We will be talking basketball, the in-depth preview episode. Uh, We'll be coming here shortly in a couple of weeks. That's one of the better ones we do every year. Uh, You guys seem to like that a lot. So uh, keep an eye out on Keep an eye out for that as we move forward. But uh, getting into this one, Purdue at Iowa. It's a three thirty kickoff from Kinnick Stadium. As I said, Purdue has won two of the last three in Iowa City. And in the six years of Jeff Brom's tenure, the Boilermakers won four of the six games against the Hawkeyes. The game is streaming on Peacock, folks. It's time to accept that Peacock is a part of what it's a part of what your viewing habits for Purdue Sports will be here in 2023 and beyond. Uh, as you saw earlier this week, on Monday, it was announced that the Ohio State game uh, next week will be a peacock game. And then on Tuesday, the basketball uh, times and TV assignments were released and Purdue has six games on Peacock. Guys, that's part of it. I don't know what to tell you. I don't think it's anyone's favorite thing in the world. I don't think anyone outside of NBC execs sits here and says, yay, the game is on Peacock. I can't wait. I don't think that's reality. But this is part of it when it comes to getting the giant check from the networks. NBC paid the Big Ten a lot of money, to put some games on Peacock, both football and basketball. Is Purdue getting the short end of the stick? I don't know. Three straight games on Peacock for football? Probably seems like a lot, but also, I don't know that Purdue, Illinois, and Purdue, Iowa are exactly going to be big ratings drivers uh, and Ohio State's got to play on Peacock at some point. I think everyone's got to play there once. So it is what it is. You know, this is uh, this is part of it. The it's only going to get worse in the future. Uh, the, the streaming services and you know, spreading money across streaming services is just beginning. So, guys, I hate to say it, but you're just going to need to pay the six bucks and listen to Peacock, or excuse me, and watch on Peacock, or. You can just listen to this podcast and I'll fill you in on everything. Getting into the Hawkeyes, though, um, it, it's a fascinating year at Iowa because the storyline surrounding this team, surrounding the Iowa program, is all about Brian Ferentz's contract situation. You know, it's made Iowa very nationally relevant this season when Iowa is not always nationally relevant. You know, the Hawkeyes are, are solid. They're a solid program year in and year out, but they're not sexy to the point where they get a ton of national conversation. Here they are this year, though. They're doing it because of Brian Ferentz's contract. As a reminder, in order for Brian Ferentz to keep his job, Iowa must win seven or more games and average 25 or more points per game. Remember Brian Ferentz, the son of Kirk Ferentz. He's the offensive coordinator at Iowa. Um, A whole lot of nepotism going on there. The stipulations for Brian Ferentz, you know, that 25 points can include defensive and special teams touchdowns, not just offense. Uh, And right now, Iowa is not on track to make it. So, will we get a graphic on Peacock with the uh, with the updated? the updated uh, results maybe we'll see but that's the crazy storyline surrounding Iowa this year and another one Purdue's going to see a backup quarterback this week Iowa had gone out and picked up Cade McNamara out of the transfer portal former Michigan quarterback did very well there he transferred in but never was fully healthy you know he was hurt before the season in a preseason scrimmage in fall camp and then last week, early on in the game against Michigan State, he goes down with an injury. This week it comes out that it's an ACL. So Cade McNamara's done for the year. Iowa is going to turn to Deacon Hill to play quarterback this week. He is a big fella. 6'3, over three excuse me, over 250 pounds. 6'3, 250 or so. A really big dude. So far, though, just 15 for 35 passing. This will be his second start. He made one when McNamara missed a game a few weeks back. But, uh, look, I don't know what to expect from Deacon Hill. Purdue fans are permanently scarred from backup quarterbacks. Uh, The Notre Dame guy back in the Drew Brees era, Gary Godfrey or whatever his name was, And Rocky Lombardi from Michigan State back in 2018 is one that Purdue fans will not forget. I've got no idea. Iowa's offense has really struggled this year. Could Deacon Hill give him a spark? I don't know. The offense is bad. It is just beyond bad. They're not running the ball very effectively. And when you think of an Iowa offense, it's so predicated upon a strong run game when that's not there, Iowa doesn't have a ton of identity. This season, Iowa does not have a great run game. The running backs have been dinged up. Caleb Johnson, their top running back, has been hurt. He's a guy who had 200 yards on Purdue last year as a true freshman. He's a good tailback. LaShawn Williams is solid as well. He's been kind of picking up the the heavy load with uh, with Johnson out, but... Iowa's offensive line doesn't move the needle a whole lot. And it sounds crazy to say that because for so long, Iowa has had that really, really successful offensive line. But this year, it's not great. Out on the outside, Iowa's receivers have only caught 20 passes this year. That, of course, excludes tight ends and running backs. Eric All, their top tight end, has almost caught 20 passes by himself. He's a very good tight end, but Iowa has very few difference makers on offense, and that is really what is holding the Hawkeyes back, in addition to Brian Ferentz, of course. But the Hawkeyes don't have a ton of playmakers on offense, and that's an area where they really struggle to score. This is a, the third straight year where that offense is a real issue, I don't know. Uh, there's not much to say. Uh, it's fascinating how this is still a problem there, but Iowa is not going to gonna do a whole lot on offense. They're just as likely, if we're being honest here, to score on defense because the defense remains very strong. I don't know if this defense is as good as the last two years have been. Iowa's had very elite defenses, really really high level groups I don't know if they're at that level I, I really don't that's a pretty high standard but this defense is legitimately good at bare minimum it's legitimately good and that's that's pretty high praise on the back end got a pair of really good quarters Sebastian Castro Cooper DeGene those guys are studs those guys are locked down I'm a huge fan of Xavier Nwankpa, safety. He was a really highly regarded recruit. He's a true sophomore this year. He's really good. They've got good linebackers, as always. They come downhill. They plug gaps in the run game. Deontay Craig is a guy who was a former Purdue target at a Culver Military Academy. Uh, he is at Iowa now. He's an edge rusher for them. So there's a familiar name, but... You know, all in all, the interesting part of this is Iowa has very little pass rush to speak of. Just three sacks on the season for Iowa, that's not been a great a great issue for them to deal with because it is so important for what they do is to create havoc on defense. But the defense is among the nation's best. I think Cooper DeGene at corner is that guy to watch. He is a legitimate game changer both at corner and as a punt returner. He's a guy who is a threat to score in both both defense and special teams, and that's rare. It's a really good Iowa defense. Phil Parker is a great defensive coordinator. They're going to be ready to get after Purdue on Saturday. and With Iowa, you always have to mention the special teams. LeVar Woods has an unbelievable special teams group year after year after year. No different this year. Iowa might have the best punter in the nation in Tory Taylor. He is phenomenal. You've got Cooper DeGene back r- returning punts. He's averaging 14 yards a return. Last week, Iowa's up three late in the fourth quarter. So what does DeGene do? He houses a punt return. Iowa seals the deal. That's just the type of stuff that happens at Iowa. It's almost inexplicable, but it just happens. It, it's unbelievable. It really is. But the kicker's been solid as well. That's a plus for Iowa. It's defense and special teams. That is how they win games. That's all they do. Purdue injury report, as always, will take a look at what to monitor it's interesting. You know, Purdue issues these injury reports now two hours before kickoff because they're mandated to by the Big Ten. But we really hear very little about the injured players outside of that. Ryan Walters has kind of defaulted to the injury report as the only way to get injury news. And that's fine. He he, he doesn't need to talk about it. Um, OC Brothers was a bit of a surprise... Absence last week, he was listed as out on the injury report. As we discussed on the post-game show, Yanni Karlofta stepped up and had a really big day. What's he going to do? Uh, is OC going to be back? If so, does Yanni Karlofta start? Ryan Walters was very, very complimentary of him. Very good. Very good game for him. And then Max Claire the tight end, left the game early, went to the tent, if you see the rumors that are floated around, he posted on Instagram a picture in a what looked like a hospital bed. It looked like he had a surgery. I don't know. Nothing's been confirmed yet, but keep an eye there. It does not seem like Claire is going to play. That leaves Purdue with Garrett Miller at tight end, and then Drew Bibber, who's gotten a few snaps here and there this season. I think that's about it, though. Purdue's in a pretty good spot health-wise. Overall this season... Purdue has been in a very good spot health-wise. You lost Jamal Edrine before the season; that was a bummer. Saleem Turner Muhammad still hasn't played; that's a bummer. But you know, as a whole, Purdue is Purdue's doing pretty well health-wise. You can't take that for granted. Three questions here about this game. Number one: Does Purdue continue to make progress on defense with Ryan Walters calling the plays? I thought last week the defense looked improved. It got a ton of pressure on the quarterback. I think seven, seven, or excuse me, five sacks, seven tackles for loss. Purdue was really good getting into the backfield last week. Even more hurries of that on Luke Altmeyer. I think Iowa's vulnerable here. I don't think their offensive line is as bad as Illinois' was. Iowa's offensive line is better than that, but it's not particularly good. It's not the offensive line that we're accustomed to from Iowa. The offense is not great. It's not good at all, actually. And if Purdue can get some pressure on Deacon Hill in his first career start, make him uncomfortable, then Iowa's going to struggle to score as long as Purdue can stop the run, which I think it can. That puts Purdue in a really good spot. Number two almost goes hand-in-hand hand with that because can Purdue avoid mistakes on offense? That's, that's the real question. You can't beat yourself when you play Iowa. You just can't. You cannot commit turnovers, especially in your own territory, because if you gift Iowa a short field, you're making it too easy for them to score. You have to make them work. You have to make them drive the length of the field because they're not good at doing it. It's it, it, Purdue has to take care of the ball. You can't afford a fumble in opposing territory. And I don't mean to keep piling on Devin Maccabee here, but Purdue can't afford that. Hudson Card's been pretty good with the football this year, but this is going to be the best secondary he's faced so far. Purdue's got to be really crisp. You can't have some of the holding penalties that have plagued Purdue so far this year. You have to be clean on offense, as we saw 2 years ago, a much better Purdue team went up there and won the classic 24 to 7 game against number uh, number 2 Iowa. Purdue was clean on offense, it forced Iowa to go the length of the field, Spencer Petrus throws four picks, Purdue wins comfortably. That's what you have to do. And number 3, this was a question from Mackey Maniacs on Twitter. I thought it was a good one, so I'm putting it here. How many points does Purdue need to win this game? At what point you know, does Purdue hit that magic point total? And you think, I don't think Iowa can score that. Is it 20? Is it 24? I think if Purdue can score 24 or more, it's going to win this game. I-, I do. You look at the total right now, sitting at 39 out in Vegas, I was about a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a total at 39. I mean, that's really, really low. That's stuff you see between two bad NFL teams. That's not a college football total. It, it almost feels like this is a case of first to 20 wins. Whoever gets to 20 points first is going to win the game. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to see this being being any higher scoring than... You know, a total in the mid-40s. It's, it's just how Iowa plays. I, that's going to be fascinating to see. You know, this is a massive opportunity for Purdue. This is a game that Purdue is not expected to win. It's only a two-and-a-half point spread, but I don't think you're going to hear a lot of folks, and it's not like Purdue's getting a ton of publicity at two and three, but this isn't one where Purdue's going to be some trendy upset pick. This isn't one where a lot of eyeballs are going to be on this. This isn't one where Purdue's got any pressure on it, really. Purdue can go in and play play loose. Purdue can go try to pull off a win. Purdue can go out and let it rip and see what happens, and that's a good spot to be in. We're kind of waiting on Hudson Card to have that breakout performance still. He's been good. He's been solid. But we're still waiting on that game where he really takes that next step to the next level. Uh, could that be this game? It's a tough ask against Iowa, but it's worth pointing out. And I guess, you know, with the offense continuing to develop, the move of Graham Harrell upstairs is interesting because Ryan Walters brought up that Hudson Card's maturing and doesn't need Graham Harrell down there with him as much now. What's that look like? You know, does the offense take another step? I don't want to make too much of something like that, but it's going to be interesting to monitor. As I said, this is a two and a half point spread out in Vegas. It's a low total. I'm really torn because I think Purdue can win this game. I think if Purdue plays well, Purdue is going to win this game. I think the question is if Purdue's going to go play well. This is. It's hard to say. It's not Purdue's first road test, but it's not like Purdue had much of an atmosphere at Virginia Tech for most of that game. After the rain delay, there were not a lot of people there, and Purdue's played three straight weeks at home after that. So Purdue's going on the road. It's a it's a hostile atmosphere there. Kinnick Stadium's a tough place to play. It's a you know and a very experienced coach against a very inexperienced coach. I'm gonna side with Iowa here reluctantly. I don't feel good about it either way. I'll go 21-17 Iowa, and I will say that it's a defense or special teams touchdown for Iowa that does it. Iowa's not scoring three touchdowns on offense. If it does, then you know Purdue's defense probably has some issues because Iowa's offense is that bad. It's a fantastic opportunity here for Purdue. Purdue's got nothing to lose. Purdue's got everything to gain. And, you know, really, this is the halfway point of the season. Purdue could be 3-3 three and three through six games. And at the start of the year, I would have told you that would be a heck of a success. I'd have said that's a really good spot to be in. If Purdue can be there, it's in good shape. And it's a lot more realistic than it looked a week and a half ago after Purdue got blown out by Wisconsin. So... I've got one question for the Q&A portion here. As a reminder, you are always welcome to send in questions. Twitter, at BoilersBeyond. Send them in there. You can tweet them to me or you can DM them to me. My uh, messages are always open. Or you can email them to me, BoilersAndBeyondPod at gmail.com. And the question comes from my guy, Brian, a longtime listener to the show. What do you think the chances are that Purdue gets to six wins this year? If they pull off the upset this weekend, you have to think those go to minus odds, meaning more likely than not. I, I think, yeah, you're probably right there. For Purdue to get to six, I think it needs this one. Well, I shouldn't say that. For me to feel good about Purdue getting to six, I think it needs this one. Because when you look at the latter six games, Ohio State and Michigan are probably, you know, as close to for sure losses as you can get. Those are going to be very, very difficult games to win. So Purdue's at three losses now. That would make it five. If Purdue loses to Iowa, well, then you're at six already and you have to win out. Now, those remaining games Nebraska, Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana. Those teams are not particularly good, but you still have to run the table against them. And as we know in college football, weird things happen every week. Purdue would not be favored in all of those games. I think if Purdue wins this week, yeah. I think if Purdue wins this week, you are probably looking at 6-6 six and six becoming the most likely outcome. I really feel that way. Nebraska and Minnesota are worse than I expected. Northwestern looked like it had a little life when it came back to beat Minnesota. I don't know. We'll see. That's a late November game. We'll see what things look like then. And the same deal with Indiana. You know, Indiana looked decent against Ohio State and Louisville. Then it needs four overtimes to beat Akron. It got blown out by Maryland last week and fired the offensive coordinator. I don't know what that's going to look like by Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know if Indiana can fire Tom Allen. I don't know if it wants to spend that much money on football instead of basketball NIL. But if it does, then things are going to be really awkward down there. And if not, you know, it's still going to be a weird spot. So I, I do. If Purdue gets this win, if Purdue goes to Iowa and wins, I think 6-6 six and six becomes Purdue's most likely outcome. If not, I think you're still looking at five and seven as the most likely. Um, but we'll see. You know, things change quick in this sport. It, for how short the season is, just thirteen Saturdays in the regular season, things change very quickly, and it feels like a really long season. So that's what I've got for you today. Thank you to all of you who tuned in and listened. I appreciate you guys who have been around here as we're at the halfway point of the football season already. We'll be back here on Sunday to break down the Purdue-Iowa game. No matter what unfolds on the field, we'll be here. So be sure to follow along on Twitter, at Boilers Beyond, and send over any questions you'd like answered on the Sunday show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss it. And if you enjoyed the show, Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and help spread the word. Share the show to a fellow Boilermaker. Until Sunday, guys, take care and enjoy the game.